and waiting until I finally caught up with wrestling. The Wrestling with Edwards podcast is back with your host, as always, Scotty Wrestling. I hope you missed me. I certainly missed doing this, and I can't wait to talk about some wrestling. This is the beginning of many audio clips and recordings and writing and content overall that I will be doing for this weekend so instead of continuing on why don't we just get this going because there's something special about this weekend it's all out weekend ladies and gentlemen and i will have a very special episode for all out weekend um all out overall a preview with robbie um you know for those who forgot, Robbie now joins me for the previews and reviews of the AEW pay-per-views. It's been so long since Double or Nothing that I understand if you may have forgotten. But it's going to be very exciting, so definitely check that out. It should be out on Saturday. But for now, you can listen to me talk about what has happened over the past week. And I will even preview... New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Grand Slam inside the MetLife Dome. So lots to get to, and instead of waiting, let's jump right in. So Friday Night Smackdown, I did not get to watch this fully. This was the only show on this list I didn't get to watch in full. That being said, uh, Becky Lynch is back. She does not care that she upset people um clearly they're going down the heel route with her which is an interesting one uh because i feel like everyone could agree that becky lynch was always going to be cheered when she came back so the fact that they aren't embracing that is very interesting to me and i know the sasha bank situation is really what led to this but you could have really put anyone in this spot, I feel, if you wanted to uh, give Bianca Belair a new rival. But 
Bianca had a match, uh, I believe it was a fatal four-way between her, Selena Vega, Carmella, and Liv Morgan, and the winner would get a future title shot at Becky Lynch. Of course, Bianca won. Um, from what I've heard, Liv Morgan had a great showing, and you, you already know, I've been on here, I've praised Liv Morgan, I've wrote articles about Liv Morgan, I think Liv Morgan has so much potential and they need to see that sooner rather than later. So that being said, uh, good stuff there. What I did see from SmackDown in full was the Roman Reigns Finn Balor final angle, which to me was really interesting because after SummerSlam, we were all expecting Brock to do his thing and show up, but he didn't show up. And I think a lot of people forgot that this Finn Balor angle was happening. And it's, they're not going to waste time. They're not going to waste time. The match has been made official for Friday Night SmackDown this week. And it should be great. Uh, everything Roman Reigns has done to help other guys get over, help make his title reign prestigious, has been fantastic. He's reached a year, and I don't see him stopping anytime soon. Uh, that being said, the Brock Lesnar aspect of this really does throw a curveball because he I don't know if Brock loses um if Brock loses then you you create the situation of who is going to beat Roman Reigns and I think that's an okay thing I don't think Roman Reigns should lose the title to Brock but it's very interesting to see what they do they could always have him drop it to Brock and then have him win it back at say crown jewel um, or maybe they're saving these one match for Crown Jewel. I don't, I'm not too sure what they plan to do here. But I think Roman Reigns should continue to reign. I think he hasn't reached a point where he should be losing. That being said, who beats him? And I still think Big E's beating Bobby Lashley because I, I just don't. I don't see them wanting to crown Reigns via Money in the Bank. But I guess that could be their out, too. We'll, we'll see. But I'm happy for Finn. Finn gets a big spot. I wish he got it on a pay-per-view because I think this match is big enough to do that on a pay-per-view by far. Uh, maybe this is just the beginning. Maybe we have a false finish, and that leads to a match at Extreme Rules. That also could be in play here. Uh, but that that's it from SmackDown. I just wanted to touch on those two things. And really, I only have one thing to touch on from Rampage as well. Uh, Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express, the finals of the AEW World Tag Team Championship Eliminator Tournament. Wow, that is, that is a mouthful. Uh, yeah, the finals of that thought this match was great. Um, the two teams just went all out, which is definitely a pun intended. Um, and they showed why no matter who enters the steel cage with the Young Bucks on Sunday, it's going to be a great match. But thankfully, the Lucha Bros won. This is the match. I think this is where you're going to ultimately uncrown the Young Bucks because the Lucha Bros are on the level that you know they should win. They are the... No pun intended. The elite of tag team wrestling. 
and it's about time that they win those AEW World Tag Team titles. I think the Young Bucks can lose because you know eventually they're going to win them back. Um, but for now, it's time for the Lucha Bros to reign supreme. Monday Night Raw. Um, I actually have some good things to say about this. I watched it. Uh, really only two things because I don't need to break down the rest of the show. I know people were freaking out about Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax. And I didn't really care. I didn't. Uh, the one problem of that entire match that I saw was when um, Charlotte got clotheslined or hit by Nia and her head ricocheted off the rope. That was the only thing that worried me. Otherwise, the uh, shoot fight that everyone was freaking out about, it, it just looked terrible, awful. It looked like they just were so off. It, it was just bad. And uh, that slam that people freaked about was nothing. So, yeah, whatever. We'll move on from that. But what I thought was great from this episode were the two title matches that they had. So, first off was the triple threat for the United States Championship Damian Priest, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. The fact that they have Drew McIntyre stepping up to Damian Priest to try to win the United States Championship, I think is awesome because it gives some it gives some prestige, it gives some understanding that this title matters. And I think that is something that WWE, more than anyone, needs to appreciate more when it comes to their mid-card titles. It doesn't matter who or let me rephrase. It doesn't matter um, if it's your mid-card title uh, with quotations. Anyone should be willing to want that because it's a title, and especially Drew, the story makes so much sense. He can't go for the WWE Championship while Bobby Lashley is champion. So, solution, he goes for the championship that he can win. It's very simple. It's very understandable. And it ended up being a very good match. These three beat the piss out of each other. And really, that's all I can ask for. Because, to me, these three are, you know, among the best on the show every single week. They just have a prominent role. And they tend to be entertaining. And this is huge. Let me put that out there. This is huge for Damian Priest. I don't think people... Uh, people maybe on the inside bubble of WWE fandom and don't really care about anything else, they probably get like this guy, this Damian Priest guy is rising up the ranks. But those from the outside that, you know, follow so loosely, Damian Priest has broken the mold of getting called up from NXT and not being treated right. This guy has become a main part of the show week after week after week. He is the United States champion, of course, but he pinned Drew McIntyre in this match. He pinned McIntyre. That is not something that happens a lot. He pinned him clean in the middle of the ring. There was no question about it, and I just thought it was great. He hit him with the, um, I like to call it the crossroads. I don't, I don't remember what he calls it. Uh, whatever. Anyways, he hit that on McIntyre, pins him one, two, three. They uh, give handshakes at the end. I thought it was a very smart match to do because it only helps elevate Damian Priest that much more. Drew McIntyre takes nothing from bad from the loss. He looks like a beast in the end. 
And Sheamus doesn't lose anything either, even if he lost because he wasn't part of the pin. So, great match. Uh, definitely check it out if you just enjoy hard-hitting, fun overall wrestling because that's what this was to me. It was it was pure entertainment from beginning to end. They put it all on the line. And my only wish would be if they could do this again somehow. And I know like there's probably a chance that WWE runs it into the ground, but I think you could do Priest and McIntyre at Extreme Rules if you wanted to because clearly McIntyre needs a title that's like his whole thing and he's having like an identity crisis of sorts which you know he had to fight over a sword for uh like months so we'll take whatever we can get but great match definitely worth checking out and the other match that i thought was really good was rk bro versus bobby lashley and mvp for the raw tag team championship this of course came from earlier in the night when bobby lashley said he wants two titles uh, the tag match was great. Riddle and Randy Orton worked so well together. It's shocking. It's so shocking how good they've blended. Because I know WWE likes to do these makeshift tag teams all the time. That's just a thing they do. But these, this is one of the better ones that they've done in a very long time, in my opinion. So I thought this was really good. Um, in the end, Riddle got the win for them. Randy hit an RKO on Bobby Lashley, so that could be setting up a potential championship match, Bobby versus Randy, which wouldn't be a bad one to do a one-off of at Extreme Rules. It'll be very interesting. But those two things were really good from Raw. Definitely worth checking out the first one if you have time. The second one's pretty good, too. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, we got positives about Raw. We will take that every week. Give me Give me at least two positives from Raw. That is how we build here, ladies and gentlemen. That is how we build here. But let's get to NXT. I haven't been on since the reported, you know, changing of NXT, the new logo for NXT, essentially what people are calling the death of the NXT they love and know. As, you know, everyone knows by now, NXT has this coming soon logo that's you know every color of the freaking rainbow um wale sings the new theme song everyone thinks lots happening here um yesterday it was reported by brian al brian alvarez of the wrestling observer that vince mcmahon and bruce pritchard will now be taking over nxt and in two weeks' time, when NXT goes back live, that is when the new NXT fully is underway. And that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, RIP NXT was trending on Twitter yesterday. And it's sad. It's really sad because NXT... For someone like myself, has been my favorite part of wrestling, for, you know, over the past decade. Of course, if you follow me on anything, I've, of course, branched away over the past year or so. It's two years. We'll say two years. 
it hasn't always been my top, eh, no, we'll say year. I'm sorry, sorry. Over the past year, it hasn't been my favorite anymore. It's lost its luster, and that's that. But that doesn't mean I'm okay with them completely nuking what NXT is and what NXT has become. And that's what's happening here. Gone are the days of Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville for the NXT Championship. Gone are the days of Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. Gone are the days of Adam Cole having a world title reign for a record number of days. Gone are the days of... Asuka having a title reign like that. Everything changes moving forward. And a lot of us can agree NXT has not been the same, especially since going to two hours. It hasn't. It has not. But it's still been better than what I think it's going to become. You got to feel for Triple H. If If you're a fan of NXT or have ever been a fan of NXT... That's the man you have to thank. No one else. Because he is the one that put all this together. And now they are ripping that from him. And, you know, I've I've went through some matches that I just loved. Loved, loved, loved from the NXT days when they are in their prime. And, you know, I brought up, I just brought up Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville. Great match. Uh, Fatal 4-Way. Adrian Neville, Sami Zayn, Tyson Kidd. Tyler Breeze, great match. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Bailey. Sasha Banks versus Becky. Charlotte versus Sasha versus Bailey versus Becky. Asuka versus Ember Moon. Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. The list goes on of just these great rivalries, matches that we've gotten, and they're all going to hell. Adam Cole, the Undisputed Era. Johnny Gargano, all these things that without NXT, we never get. And if NXT is what it's about to become, I don't know if we would have ever got that, if that's how NXT was being run. So first off, this is a thank you to what NXT gave us before this new era, because it was special. You, you can say it faded towards the end. That's fine. But you go from the beginning to the end. There was a lot more great than there was bad. NXT, I repeat, was special. It was the alternative that AEW has become. And that's why I personally loved it so much. So, looking forward, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure how it's going to dramatically change. But for the likes of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, I don't know what they're going to do because I can't see them having as good of a time as they've had down in NXT in the past, you know, five years. It's going to be interesting. That being said, let's get to NXT 
this week, uh, I just have a few notes of the things I liked before, you know, breaking it down into Dynamite and then Wrestle Grand Slam. Uh, the, the show kicked off with Sarai versus Mandy Rose. This is Mandy Rose's first match back since returning to NXT. Thought this match was really good, and I liked the way they ended it. I thought it was very creative because a lot of people have been talking about the Sarai dropkick through the ropes that absolutely just destroys people. And instead of just having that happen, you know, continuing the match off, they sold it. They sold it as an injury to Mandy Rose's face. She covered herself. She got walked to the back by Priscilla Kelly and JC Jace. I think that's her name. I don't whatever. And the match ended and Saray won. And I thought that was great. I thought that was a very smart finish. And one one it gets Saray back on track. Two, it makes Mandy Rose, who I assume they're going to push in some way, look like she just got destroyed. And it, it, it gets Saray over. That's what matters the most here. It makes that drop kick seem like one of the most devastating moves in all of wrestling. And that is a win. Thought that was great. Um, fast forward in the show, Johnny Gargano faced off with LA Knight. This, a lot of this had to do with the Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell uh, relationship as Johnny doesn't have Candice because, of course, Candice LeRae is pregnant. Congratulations to her. And Austin Theory is nowhere to be found. So it comes down to Johnny Gargano and the way being Johnny and Indy, which is, if you think about it, just a very interesting combination. Anyways, I would say they, well, no, because I, I'm going to miss Candice, but it's very interesting. It's like the most unique combo out of any combo they probably could have done. And Dexter Loomis is there, of course, because Loomis and Hartwell are engaged, and he came out for the match with Gargano, and Gargano refuses to trust him. But as the match went on, Gargano was getting helped by Loomis, and Loomis was protecting him, and they were... And at the end of the match, they were reaching to do the high five that uh, Theory and him did. But that's when LA Knight would would turn him around, hit hit him with the face plant uh, driver or whatever it's called, and pin him one, two, three. And that's what ruined what it what seemed to be a budding relationship. And I thought that was a really good story to be told because in the end, if you end up making them a team or just whatever they're doing here, it's very entertaining, and I don't necessarily love, you know, romantic angles and marriages and pro wrestling, but there's something about this Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis thing that's working, and I think Johnny Gargano is doing really great at selling it that much more, and I'm very interested to see where they go in the end. And finally, the main event of the evening. This was my favorite part of the show by far. Tommaso Ciampa versus Ridge Holland. I love, love what the presentation and the overall efforts of Ridge Holland so far. Uh, I know he was supposed to get pushed, you know, once upon a time. He had that terrible leg injury. But he has come back and he's been a beast. 
Uh, there's something about his entrance, which is great. His entrance music is amazing. Uh, and he's just, he has that feel of a star. And to me, he is the blueprint for what Vince McMahon and company want in this new NXT. And if you're designing it after Ridge Holland, I think a lot of people can get behind that. I, I really do. Now, this match was physical. It was solid. It was probably the best match of Ridge Holland's career thus far. And Tommaso Ciampa showed that he can still go. Uh, he ended up winning the match, which was a little shocking. He won it clean. He beat Ridge Holland in the middle of the ring. Um, that's when the attacks came down. MSK ran down and did that. But I thought the match was excellent. The second best match from WWE television this week, right behind the triple threat on Raw. Um, but definitely one worth checking out. Uh, let's get to AEW Dynamite. Uh, we're going to talk about the things I liked. Uh, there wasn't there's one thing I was just like, whatever. Uh, I don't have everything. You know, we're not covering everything from the show because some things were just not necessary to All Out. And I'm trying to build the scene for All Out before our preview for this Saturday. So... Why don't we dig in? So the show kicked off with the rematch between FTR and Santana and Ortiz. I thought this match was so much better than their first match. Their first match never really connected for me. It never reached the point of very good. Uh, I thought this was very good. I think that they still have a great match in them but for an opener I thought this was excellent Santana and Ortiz have this unique um, likability about them that I feel a lot of people can appreciate and I'm wondering what is that match that they do do they mirror the revival versus DIY two out of three falls match because you know they're tied 1-1 one, one. Um, do they do an extreme type match. I don't think that fits what FTR does. Um, I think the two out of three, or you just do a normal uh, a normal tag match one more time. I think those two options are better than adding a big, huge stipulation that involves weaponry or anything of the sort. But this match was great in the end. Antonio Ortiz win, and man, they're good. They are so good. Uh, they're going to win the tag team titles uh, maybe when they run back Lucha Bros and uh, them, uh, which was a big rivalry in Impact once upon a time. But for me, I'm excited. I, I, I thought this was great. And I, I wish it, I don't know if I wanted it on the pay-per-view or not because it never reached the point that it should have been on the pay-per-view. But at the same time, compared to some matches on the card that – I feel don't belong there. This would have been really good compared to those. So that's just me. Uh, next up was the promo of CM Punk. Once again in Chicago, Illinois, CM Punk walked down to the ring. Getting us hyped for his match with Darby Allen this Sunday night. And before we knew it, ever. Nope, sorry. 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 2.0. 
and Daniel Garcia run down to the ring. They were vowing before the match that they were going to take away the one match everyone wanted because they're uh, Daniel Garcia is wrestling Darby Allen on Rampage. So CM Punk is beat down, taking shots. No sign, uh, no sign of hope in, in view. And Darby Allen and Sting run down to the ring. Big pop by the crowd. They fight them off. And CM Punk hits the first GTS in seven years. That was big. Um, he hit it on Jeff Lee of 2.0. And the crowd erupted. Then him and Darby had this great stare down, which I thought was just fantastic. It got it, it gave you that feeling of, oh, this is a big match. This is a big fight feel. That's what we love in pro wrestling. That is the feeling that we wanted. That is that is everything that we wanted. Um after the match, Sting talked about how he's so happy that CM Punk is in AEW, he's so happy that he can share a ring with him like he is right now. And he said that at All Out, I'm removing myself from the match. I'm going to fist bump my partner, Dobby Island. I'm going to let him walk down to the ring. And it's just going to be down to you two. CM Punk, Darby Allen, one-on-one, no one else. Singles match, exactly how it should be. And I think that's just such a cool thing to have Sting say. Because it makes Sting look, you know, awesome in a sense. And it is the right move. It's absolutely the right move. You don't want to have someone out there. Just, it doesn't work. They did a John Moxley versus Toshi Kojima little uh, video in on the show, which I thought really was effective in making you understand why this is such a big match and why Kojima is such a big opponent. Because, you know, a lot of people expect the Okadas and the... Naito's and the Tanahashi's to just, you know, roll in. But as we know, there's a pay-per-view this weekend for New Japan, one of their biggest. Plus, the G1 Climax starts in two weeks. So, never was going to happen. Never was going to happen. That being said, John Moxley versus... Satoshi Kojima, Kojima, a former IWGP heavyweight champion and triple crown champion, is a great match. It's a great decision, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to see these two go at it on Sunday. Chris Jericho had a promo about how he doesn't want to retire or stop wrestling or whatever, and he's going to beat MJF. And gotta, It just... This feud hasn't done anything for me since it started. And it's been months, almost a year since it started. It just hasn't done anything for me. It's It's been played out. It's been never-ending. And it's just not interesting to me. And it's fine that it happens. There's, there's feuds that people are always going to not be interested in. And this this is just it for me. Um, I didn't get much from the Jericho promo. It wasn't the best of Jericho, I felt. Uh, and, you know, the whole stipulation of MJF winning means Chris Jericho will never wrestle AEW again. You can work around that. You can give the real surprise. You can have MJF win again 
but I don't expect that. I I mean, this is the most predictable finish on the card of Chris Jericho finally beating MJF and his career not being over. But that would be MJF's first singles loss um, since last year at All Out when he lost to John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. But yeah, I um I don't I just I'm happy that it's ending. I'll say that. Brian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs was a great Hoss fight. I thought these two, you know, kicked each other's asses in the best form. Um Powerhouse Hobbs so good. He's so good. I I I hope a lot of people understand that. Like he is a stud. Like I was I was watching this match and I'm saying to myself, he could be TNT champion tomorrow. He's ready. He's got that feeling. He's got that presence. And backed up by Team Taz, why not? You know, why not? Um, in the end, Ricky Stark smashed Brian Cage with a with the FTW World Championship, allowing Powerhouse Hobbs to pin Cage after hitting his finish. That was a big surprise. I didn't think they would actually give Hobbs the, the win, but I'm happy they did because, like I said, Hobbs is the man. And this is all going to lead to Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks. I'm very shocked they're not doing it on All Out. But you save a big match for TV. That's fine. And the main event of the evening saw the Elites, the uh, Young Bucks, and Good Brothers face the Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express. This match was... As imagined, very good. I don't think there was any question of this match would be very good. But for me, it was the post-match that was even better. So, after uh, Match Jackson pins Phoenix, which was a little sus, uh, but we'll get over it. Uh, Kenny Omega walks down to the ring, and the attack is on. They clear, they clear the ring of... Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Christian Cage tries to make the save. Christian Cage gets stuck in the middle of the ring. But that was a fail. And they beat him down. You know, the elite all around. Penta, Phoenix, and Christian Cage in the middle of the ring. And Kenny tells Don Callis to send down the steel cage. They already had the steel cage up for all out um they start sending down the steel cage and it's just the elite beating down the challengers to their titles on sunday i thought this angle was fantastic it's perfect heel heat it's exactly what the elite should be doing they're going to beat down their opponents in the cheapest way possible to weaken them for sunday that is what we do here. This was great. I I loved this angle. I absolutely did. Uh, Kenny came off as an absolute dick. The Young Bucks did too. That's what the Elite are supposed to be. They're supposed to be dicks. They're not supposed to be liked. And, you know, they're always going to be liked. But this is the perfect way to 
finish off Dynamite heading into All Out. It gets you excited for these matches, and it made you feel that this was indeed the biggest match on the show. That's all I can ask for. Great stuff. Very good Dynamite episode. Big fan of it. So, let us preview Wrestle Grand Slam, New Japan's two-night event on Saturday and Sunday of this week. Once we preview that, we will wrap up the show, and then you can expect the all-out preview. That will probably be up on Saturday. So let's dig in because Wrestle Grand Slam is a very big show. I'm going to go over the matches that I care about because why would I go over matches that I don't care about? So on night one of Wrestle Grand Slam, we will see one of the two stardom special matches on the card. Yes, they're airing. That was the big news uh one of the big news is from stardom this past weekend if you want to hear my full thoughts on that check out the five star joshi podcast on fight game media anyways it will be donna del mondo's micah and lady c fate lady c is not part of ddm by the way just making that making that clear don't 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 come at me for saying that. Uh, we'll face off with Queen's Quests, Momo Watanabe, and Saya Kamatani. Um, big spot. Big spot here. This is this is massive. And the fact that they gave it to Lady C is telling. Very telling. Uh, but this match is all about Saya Kamatani hitting that Phoenix splash from the top and winning a lot of fans over. Easily picking Momo and Saya, but this match should be pretty good. Um, I'm expecting them to get like eight, nine minutes maybe, uh, but it should be pretty good for what it is. And, you know, it's a big spot, so we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, the next match that I give any shit about is Yo versus Show. The decimation of Rapongi 3K has officially happened, and now they will wrestle. I feel personally that Show needs to win this match. It makes the most sense. Um, that way you can push Show onto the Junior Heavyweight Championship. He can win that title, ultimately maybe win the um, Super Juniors. or No, it's not the Super What is it called? Best of the Super Juniors. He can win that. Go on to whatever show, win the Junior Heavyweight Championship, and that can all come back around to Yo finally achieving his dream of winning that title, beating show, and that is how you book a story. And I think that's exactly how they're booking a story. So I'm very uh, much looking forward to that match. I expect it to be very, very good. Um, oh, Kata Chico Kata versus Jeff Cobb. This is a rematch from the last Wrestle Grand Slam show inside the Tokyo Dome. Big match. They had a great match there. I expect this to be even more physical, probably better. Uh, we'll certainly see. It's always interesting when New Japan runs back a rematch like this so quickly. Uh, but it should be good. Uh, I like Jeff Cobb. I think his work has been great this year. And Okada is Okada. Um, he's been showing that he's more healthy nowadays 
which ultimately means that he is going to have a great showing here. I expect a great match. Um, I'm picking Okada to win, but you never know. You never know. You never know. And finally, the main event of night one, we'll see Hiroshi Tanahashi put the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship on the line against the returning Kota Ibushi. I think Tanahashi is the layup to win. I definitely think he will win. But this should be the match of the weekend for New Japan. Um, I'll be shocked if it's not. Uh, These two, you know, to me, two of the best in the world um, in terms of just going out there and delivering in the biggest of matches. They're so good. And their respect levels should lead to a fantastic main event. But I am picking Tanahashi to win. Uh, It's just way too early to uncrown him as the IWGP US champion. Night two of Wrestle Grand Slam inside the MetLife Dome. Debatably has a more stacked show from top to bottom. uh, But I think night one has the better main event so let's take a look first off the starter match is fantastic it will see shiri and julia team up the goddesses of stardom champions against momo and saya kamatani big two matches for momo and saya this match should be a fantastic match. It could steal the freaking show, people. If they if they are willing to give them more than 10 minutes, watch out rest of the card, I'm telling you, because this is going to be a very good, high-paced, awesome match. It's going to be great. Um, I'm expecting ALK, Sherry, and Julia to win, but I'm just excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch it in such a big atmosphere. It's going to be Sweet. You have the junior tag team titles on the line as it will be El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori defending against Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado. This match could be pretty good. Um, of course, Kanemaru and Desperado won the uh, junior Tag League. So they are in this shot. Um, I'm going to pick Phantasmoni Shimori to retain. I really have no idea. I really don't care who wins. I just would like to watch a good match. Alright, the next match up is the tag team title three way. Interesting for uh, New Japan. I feel like they haven't done a triple threat tag match like this in a very long time. I could be wrong. Probably am. But, I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi will defend the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against former champions Sonata and Tetsuya Naito, as well as two-thirds of the current Never open weight six man tag team titles in Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. This match has all the makings to steal the show. It does. It does. It has six 
great competitors going head to head to head. I have nothing but excitement, honestly, for this. I think what they could do here is intriguing. Um, I don't want them to, you know, go for f- 50 minutes, but they could do something really good here. Give them, you know, 30 minutes or so um, of just high speed, triple threat tag team action, and it can be a great match. I am going to pick Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi to successfully defend. I don't know if I already said that, but I'm going to say it again just in case. Hmm. Uh, the semi-main event, the co-main event, whatever you want to call it, will see the return of Hiromu Takahashi as he will compete for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Robbie Eagles will be defending. This will be his first defense, a big one, as he faces the ace of the Junior Heavyweight Division. I expect this to be great. Uh, I am leaning towards a Hiromu win. I think Hiromu wins the title back. It just it feels like a Hiromu type thing. But what do I know? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I think the move here is you give it back to Hiromu. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go with Hiromu. This match should be good. Uh, let's just get to the main event because I am clearly losing my mind over here. Uh, the main event will be the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship on the line as Shingo Takagi defends against former IWGP Heavyweight Champion Evil. This match could be great. I want to start off there. It could be great. But it depends what version of evil we are getting. If there's going to be interference nonstop, as all his matches are and all what we probably expect, then this is going to fall flat. And that's a bold move by New Japan. But if it's if it's dialed back, this could be something special because evil and Shingo are very good. This could be an excellent Haas fight. And that's what I want it to be. That's what I think it should be. But will it be? We will see. That being said, Shingo Takagi is not losing the title here. Um, Definitely picking him to win. And that's it for the Wrestle Grand Slam preview. You're welcome. So, that's it for me. I'm happy to be back. This is not the last time you're going to hear from me this week. It is not even close. It's... The first of many. So, actually, second. Because if you figured out I was on Stardom Quest, definitely check that out. Anyways, uh, what was I about to say? Anyways, have a great, great all-out weekend. Make sure to check out the all-out preview with me and Robbie this Saturday to get all your AEW needs. Otherwise, have a safe week. I will be back again next week to discuss everything that isn't all out because we're doing a review for that as well as a separate episode. So have a good one, everybody, because wrestling is great and it continuously gives us 
great moments, great feelings, and just some of the best, best moments. So, and I expect that at All Out. So have a good one. Personality, the cult of personality.